Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined as always by my peppy and cheerful co-host Alexander Volt. Say hello. Never had anyone describe me as peppy before, but hello. This is a new <laughs> beginning. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That's a whole new discography per episode. And today we'll be discussing every album by The Sword. Is it uh, an Alex pick? It is an Alex pick. Alex is tired of emotionally exhausting bands. <laughs> We've had a, f- a couple over the past months. And yeah. I kind of uh, timed that correctly, because if I didn't do this, I'd probably be in a world of hurt right now. So the universe kind of, you know, I was going to say throw me a bone, but it hasn't. It hasn't. hasn't. No, no. But you, I threw you, myself a bone. Yeah, you, you you found your own bones. You threw it to yourself. It's, it's, it's been a very Johnny Cash month for you. Yes. A couple months for you. It's been a rough time. Yes. But you're on the other side of it now. Yes. Moving forward. We Moving have swords forward. now. I have swords. I have the future. I the I, re, I think exactly what I told Mike was I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to be challenged. <laughs> I just want to listen to some straightforward rock and roll. There is no digging into this band. This is just what you see is what you get. Yes. <laughs> For better or worse, this is what the sword is. Yes. If this is not your cup of tea. You know immediately. <laughs> yeah. You know one album if it is your thing. <laughs> I sure hope you like pentatonic scales, people, because that's, that's every single song, basically. Yes. Which I guess I do. <laughs> I guess you, I've. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. Uh <laughs> I was pretty fucking exhausted by the end of this. I was I'm so, pretty I, defeated. I'm sorry. I had a feeling that might happen to you, but I was like, uh, Mike's going to be emotionally beat down whether we do a noise band or if we do this either way. That's so. true. Yeah, I have the one mode. Uh, but at least this was... Because uh, uh, I'm not a big stoner rock guy mm-hmm. uh, or doom metal guy. Check out St. Vitus. We did cover them. Uh, Lord knows I am. And Alex is. However, uh, I don't like it when I have to... like take notes on it and analyze it. Yes. It's happened with almost every single one of these albums where I sat down to take notes like, Oh boy, here we go. I'm taking notes like, all right, that's cool. I get it. All right, fine. And then I step away and I, I listen to it again, the same album again Mm -hmm. in the car or something like this is fucking rad dude. Yeah. And you just crank it because it, it's not meant to be like analyze it. It's not that kind of music. It's two reactions. It rips or it doesn't rip. That's all, that's all it is. That's all it is. Because you can really like dissect like some weird extreme stuff like a Ruins of Beverest because there's like a lot in there. But like yeah. this is just, this is meant to pump you up or not. That's yes. all it is. You know what kind of gets me about this band is I feel like there was the the potential to like maybe do some some different things uh, as we get later in the discography yeah. but it, it, this never fully committed to it so yeah it was it was a lot of uh i don't want to say half measures but a lot of like mm-hmm. ah, maybe we'll try a little bit of this i ah, just kidding now ah, we're just gonna fucking teat now nah, 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 now we yeah. broke up and then we broke and that's another reason we're doing it they broke up recently yeah and uh i don't know who that person in the comments was who suggested this band but you got very lucky because <laughs> We don't we don't respond to any more requests anymore unless they're on the Patreon. Yes. It's just a great coincidence that we were already planning to do them. Yeah. Uh, but it is it does fit our MO quite a bit. Just just the fact that they're a metal band that's not super, super famous. Mm-hmm. So But they did seem to uh, you know be pretty lucky. Like it didn't like they seem to have a lot of 
buzz from the the beginning. I don't know anything about them other other than just the 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 remnants or like the the peripheral stuff I got from you mm-hmm. over the years. The uh I I believe they kind of like blew up when they played a South by Southwest show. And I remember hearing about them because they used to jokingly always add Lars Ulrich of Metallica to their guest list. Really? Like, just as a yeah. joke. He was always on the guest list. He didn't know they existed, but he was all and he found out one day and he like he actually showed up. One. Really? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, well, he liked them a lot enough that they opened up for Metallica. Oh, shit. A few I didn't times. know that. So, uh. Yeah, so that's how I heard about them was they had this joke that Lars was always on the guest list. That's pretty that is very funny because no one likes Lars and that's <laughs> I think that was the point. Like, I love it. I love uh, it. Yeah, but he he found out of about the joke and he showed up to one of their shows one day. I like Lars. Yeah. I, like I mean maybe not as like a a a fun guy to I mean no, he actually probably is a fun guy to hang out with, but like the the image of Lars is like, all right, I'm not really, I don't want to be around that guy. Mm-hmm. But I think he actually is a very interesting and really powerful dude. Like when yes. he puts his mind to something, like yes. that, is, that dude is a competent motherfucker. Yes, he is. Uh, so we're, how far back do you go with this band? Uh, I not I don't know if the debut album counts as day one. I don't think they really had much before that. But I'll I'll throw myself in day day one first album. Oh shit! Uh, it uh kind of help open my mind to the this the sludge and the doom because um this was like one of the first like heavy bands where uh speed wasn't always the focus Mm -hmm. where it's more focused on the heaviness of it and uh yeah and then yeah not not far behind it's like the melvins and all that so yeah yeah it does feel like a a nice gateway drug to some wilder it, stuff. It absolutely, it absolutely is. Uh, you know, if you have like, uh, you know, one of those annoying classic rock kids, which I kind of was, you can show them the sword to to get them going easily. If if you're already into Black Sabbath, you're just one notch off with the sword, essentially. Yes. Uh, much like every other, most other doom metal bands, like I mean, it's extremely Sabbathy. Yes. For the first while and then even when they start changing a little bit they're still they're not like sabbathy as much but they're still extremely bar rock kind they, of stuff. they go from black sabbath to thin Lizzy. <laughs> pretty much L- less guitar monies, but still yeah yeah you know it's there the zz top is definitely there yeah um uh, but a fun a fun band and it's it's like the uh what is it like like an they're like an occasion band like if you with the right setting you put it on and no one's going to complain oh yeah for sure for sure and uh yeah i think i think like uh you know in the in the age of guitar heroes having one of their songs well i think they ended up having like two or three songs in the series overall but uh, which which one uh freya oh that makes sense and i uh was it black river or take the black Mm -hmm. uh yeah, I think those were featured in those games. So, yeah, and I'll do it. And Freya is a a very very fun song to play in those games for the f- five people who still play them. There's there's definitely more than five. I know. There's, I'm, oh, I'm there's got to be a rabid fucking. I'm just trying to bring it back. 
I don't think I don't think you have to struggle that hard. I think it, I think it's a it's a whole fucking the guys I, are waiting. I think people want it. I went into like a, a retro video game store like uh, when things were opening up and they were cleaned out of most things and I was like surely they'll have stupid plastic guitars cuz they always break. And they were like we're even sold out of those. <sighs> So uh, I, I think it's I think it's rumbling. Oh boy! If if and then we're gonna take credit for it if it ends up happening. I take I take credit for all the reissues and all the comeback reunion tours, <laughs> even though I have nothing to do with them. <laughs> That's they don't know that. Uh, <laughs> so we have some stuff here. So a couple of interviews from our history man Tom Osmond, which is big big news by the way. Our man Tom Osmond, a history guy who's been with us for a while. Uh, new record coming out tomorrow. If you're watching this today, this is dropping uh march 1st collab album with existent non-existent called um oh industrial state of mind is that what it's called yep industrial state of mind uh so check that out tom osmond sounds.com uh i don't there won't be a link in the description because it's not out for us yet but there might be if you're watching later either way tom osmond sounds.com in the future yes uh but he compiles a bunch of history for us and then puts all the stuff nice chronological order so we can keep track of it so we have a few interviews here we have two of them with uh guitarist kyle shut uh both of them from from 2018 but you know different sources uh one with uh first drummer trivet wingo fuck man that name sounds like a what a great name yeah it sounds like a, a science fiction kind of name it is uh, the most texas stoner metal name a person could have yeah Tr- trivet wi- hold on trivet wingo hell yeah I, I don't even what could possibly be the origin of either of those names i have no idea but you know glad it exists trivet sounds like a part like a power tool uh there's a the statement the uh their, their breakup statement from 2022 it's probably written by jd mm-hmm. um <clears throat> but either way that's the stuff we got here um core Members from beginning to end, or uh, John D. Was it Cronus? I believe so. Uh, on lead vocals and rhythm guitar, or JD Cronus, Cal Shutt and lead guitar, um, Brian Ritchie on bass and keyboards. Uh, first drummer was Trivet Wingo, and then um, Jimmy Vela the third replaced him, um, 2011. Mm-hmm. So pretty cut and dry, straightforward. I know, really not like. Uh, <clears throat> also, like. Uh, nice change of pace unproblematic band uh in what in what way <laughs> this compared to like like swamp oh you mean in just like uh, the the messiness of yes. all like the, the drama and the, the yes yeah this is, these are just nice boys <laughs> sometimes you just get a, a, a couple of uh, nice dudes that just <laughs> hey let's make some music all right guy i like you and then they make music yeah yeah i, uh, lo- I love this man <laughs> what, these guys what are they from austin uh yes although the way kyle shut <laughs> talks about it he makes it sound like he grew up wherever the small screw up. oh yeah it makes it sound like uh rural part of I'm texas sure it wasn't that bad uh this is what kyle shut says he says growing up in the small town where i'm from there were no record stores i think we had a circuit city or a walmart so you knew about some stuff man circuit city circuit city you you could dig for some albums i've got i've, I've found some some fun albums at circuit city nothing like obscure or anything sure i would circuit city or best buy on tuesdays that was like 
the best. That's when albums came out. Oh, yeah. 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 He says, uh, but one day I got my hands on a convert CD and I absolutely didn't know you could make music like that. I really got into a label that at the time was called RoboDog Records and it became Robo Robotic Empire Records. I was, blown, I was blown away that there was a band in Texas that was making music like that. It was crazy. You can be in two bands with two jobs and it would all work out. Those were the days. <laughs> Uh, so <clears throat> he meets JD at a Halloween party. Uh, was it was it a Halloween party? Yeah, no, like, they played a. Uh, they played. They were in a Misfits cover band that yes. played at a Halloween party, and they just sort of uh, agreed to play because they were both kind of unhappy in their bands. They're mm -hmm. they're making. They wanted uh, JD wanted to be in a heavier band. He was in he was in like a party rock band. Uh, Kyle wanted to be in a more riff oriented band because he was in more of a hardcore band. And then all the metal bands at the time were like death metal, brutal stuff, really mm -hmm. intense as what you've also called it. Uh, he calls it here, cookie monster kind of stuff. There we go. I mean, that is a lot of what death metal vocals sound like, yep. uh, but they were huge fans of unsurprisingly the Melvins check out those episodes, uh, sleep carp carp uh, is so underrated. Yeah. It's, it's, is it both Jared and Cody? I believe so. I may be wrong. It may just be Jared. Either way, underrated. Cool Fuck. band. I've only heard yeah. one album, but very cool band. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they they had a, at least a template of like what they wanted to do and what they sounded like. They, there wasn't too many bands that sounded like that. Not too many bands doing this sort of doom metal. Not thing. in. I hesitate to call them mainstream, but they did get recognition in ways a band like sleep didn't at the time. Really, I do think sleep was maybe broken up at the time, but. There, yeah, I felt like this had like some rumblings, May, uh, maybe not like crazy radio play or anything like that. But they did chart. Yes. Which yes. is also, I wasn't expecting to see that. Like, no. really? Higher than I thought they would. Too. For sure. Yeah. And it's not like you hear the music. And it's like, oh, I don't see why, why this wouldn't be mass, like a, mm -hmm. sort of a mass appeal. But even, even still, it's like, oh, this little, this little underdog band. Interesting. Yeah. And this is also kind of like the death of heavy music and on radio so early 2000s yeah it was a, like it's a drinking towards it yeah 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 it's becoming a desert for sure but oh god damn i i decided to use a different port to plug my wireless mouse usb into mm. and it just fucking doesn't it just picked the wrong day it's just it's just not cool it's no. just not cool it doesn't listen to me but altogether we have what is it um six albums total that we're gonna be covering they technically have seven but one of them is an acoustic album that it's all songs off the album that came out before it, and it's not even all the it's not even the full album yeah it's like a chunk of the songs from the album that came before it it seems like an obvious worst for us it's, it's, it's like not, it's not necessary to cover i yeah it, if it were unique songs or just different songs maybe even covers i would be like all right sure but it's just songs we literally have heard from the album before it but yeah so six total uh first one came on i'm uh, sorry 2006 first one came out 2006 last one before the breakup 2018 actually several years before the breakup but still yeah. all right everyone shut the fuck up manscaped is now selling beard products that's right they've gone from waist to face to help you replace that bulky razor with their brand new beard hedger pro kit manscaped helped to get the golden rod of a greek god and now they've created the best tools for you to turn heads with a clean perfectly groomed and conditioned beard finally tame your mane by going to manscaped.com and using our code eae for 20 percent off plus free shipping if you're watching this you're a fan of the sword and you definitely 
guaranteed have a beard. It's time to get your fucking beard right, okay? This kit is about to change your life. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit has made it easier than ever to craft your signature look. This kit will take your facial hair anywhere from Gandalf to totally bare like your boy right here. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. This waterproof cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 haircutting lengths all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. Plus, the trimmer has a titanium-coated T-blade that is tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The Pro Kit is much more than a trimmer, though. It comes with four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. It has a beard shampoo and conditioner because all your hair is different. Your beard hair is much more coarse and easier to damage. That's why the kit has shampoo and conditioner specially designed to moisturize, reduce ingrown hairs, and replenish your natural oils, promoting beard health. Next, the kit has Manscaped's Beard Oil. The nutrient-infused oil relieves dryness both on the beard and the skin beneath, while adding a little shimmer and shine to liven up the look. Cap it off with a beard balm, a pomade that shapes, styles, and moisturizes, bringing the amazing scent of fresh eucalyptus, rosemary, and lavender essential oils. Uh, the Beard Pro Kit also comes with three free gifts, a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. So get 20% off from free shipping with our code EAE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code EAE. The Manscaped Beard Hedger Pro Kit, the premier solution to face grooming. All right, where were we? Are you ready? I am ready. Hell yeah. So this is 2006's Age of Winters. That guitar tone says it all. It warms the, uh, I don't know if I'm using this phrase correctly, the cuckolds of my soul. <laughs> it warms the cuckolds of your soul for sure. Is that a thing? I have no idea. people say? I don't know. This is like... Yeah, you could be listening to uh, My Soul by the Melvins right now. Yep, yep. Oh, it just feels good. Yep. This is the whole. <laughs> it's the whole argument. It's the whole. Yeah. This isn't the whole band. I'm exaggerating a little bit. This song leads into the second song is so confusing. They're they, basically one song. Yeah, they do that a lot where they say they're two separate songs, but they're kind of one. There's like no break. Yeah. yeah. Very Sabbathy <laughs> guitar lines here. Yes. Going, there is a difference between Melvin's and Sabbath. Yeah, but yeah. Now that's a Melvin's progression right there. Yeah, I can picture like Al singing over this too. For sure, for sure. Holy mountain, Let's get some of this. This is with the sword through and through. Yeah. Those vocals, this type of rip, all the way through. 
the like, God, I like these brutal parts. Oh, it's fucking great. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a fucking style. It is exactly that. I feel weird doing this, but I'm going to give this best personal favorite. Personal favorite. Yeah. Uh, this one. Uh, so my, my introduction to the band was I was in the car with you and you had them on. Yeah. And I was like, I never heard this. I was like, who is this? This is, this is pretty cool. And you're like, it's a sword. And there was like no follow-up conversation. You just said the sword, the sword. and then the conversation ended. I probably just assumed you knew it or <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. So like, that's rad. So I decided to, to listen to him on my own time at the DMV. Yeah. That was not a good idea. No. I was like, I don't think I like this band. It's going to be like pacing back and forth. <laughs> it's what I mean about, about context, about the environment being such a mm -hmm. big part of, of how you enjoy this band. The DMV is not a place to bump fucking doom metal. It, it doesn't feel that good there. Or you got to be like in a mindset to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know which album it was that you had on. I have a feeling it was this one because this one I was like, this yeah. is hard not to fuck. This is fucking great. Yeah. Um. I don't think this is a perfect album, but let me tell you from beginning until maybe like the seventh track is pretty damn flawless in my book. I don't have a problem with any track on here. I think this is a great album. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, I love those two opening tracks. Yeah. Celestial crown uh, into barrels blade. Barrel. Is that? Yeah, that's a weird word. It's all it's all Nordic or old timey English or yeah, both. And then like, man, the Freya just like kicks your dick in the dirt. And I love the way the ride symbol sounds on this album. Um, Everything does feel really chunky and really powerful. The bass sounds awesome on here. This is like they got really lucky. This album sounds good because I think it's like, you know, the first album and it's very important that the heaviness cuts through yeah. and that the drums, you know, feel big and ring a lot without, <clears throat> without that, without the heaviness, the, the, these songs are pretty like forgettable. It's, it's always about, about the presentation, how it kicks your ass. Yeah. And then winter's wolves was like the first song I ever heard by them. So I like the, the harder, crunchier riffs in that song. Love it. I actually dig the vocals on there. Yeah. Um, actually, I, I would say this album has my favorite vocals on, on it. Interesting. Because JD doesn't, doesn't really change his style at all. He's <laughs> Especially for like the first three albums, he's like singing in the same exact register. He's like in the same like window of of notes mm -hmm. so it gets really same like really samey more so than even like the riffs uh not so much here but like on, on like the next two albums it starts to get really same but this one uh there are these vocal harmonies that basically never return yeah it's like the only album with vocal harmonies i don't know why they didn't like return to that well it sounds pretty damn good um and that's like a uh there's so many they do so many things like that throughout their career where i'm like I think you guys have enough there where like you could revisit some of these. A lot of things they could do. Why, why wouldn't you do a whole song then instead of just a fucking interlude? And like, it's just yeah, and it's just like one off, but whatever. Um, Iron Swan is like my favorite, like midi medieval yeah. ripper song. Like if you hear Iron Swan and you don't like that song, like just go home you're all you're yeah, you, yeah. it's not for you uh it's the first deviation we get with like the, that acoustic psychedelic feel in the intro mm -hmm. and then basically turns it to a thrash song essentially it's like yes it's tons of galloping really heavy yes uh very cool very cool love it um <clears throat> march of the lore yeah march yeah of the lore. 
which is crazy because we've had so much heavy that that song is like the heaviest. And then going on to things I think was interesting is the closing track. Oh, yeah. Ebithron, Ebithron, something like that. I'm going to say Ebithron. Yeah. Like you have like pepperings of like screaming vocals in the background. Oh, and, and I realized this band was like a reaction to too many screaming bands. But like, I think I think like later in their career, again, it's something I think they could have explored. more. Yeah, like I'm, putting I'm, restrictions is a, is a good way to, to distinguish yourself at first. Mm-hmm. But then you start breaking rules. You start adding little things in there. You start expanding. Like that's like the, the natural progression of Cause, art. Because, yeah, you talk about like how samey the vocals get. And like, man, in some of these like mid to later, if he if he had screaming, that's it's a whole new song. It's a whole exactly. Uh, one thing I did like, and again, a thing they don't ever return to in March of the Lore, uh, like around three minutes, it goes full black metal drums. Yes, we've maybe get one other moment in the entire discography where they do that. <laughs> maybe it's like yeah, little things there where you could lean to that more, but instead. They just keep leaning into the fucking pentatonic hard rock riffs. That never goes away. It never goes away. And it's great. But like, I really, like, I really think these dudes are so talented. And then, um, like, uh, we've on our year end episodes, we've talked about all them witches who are, I don't know if they're peers or inspired by the sword, but kind of similar. They're banned from Texas. And I feel, and then, they also kind of have like samey vocals. Yeah. But um, I feel like right now, all them witches is maybe trying to experiment and yeah, I get mean, out of this trap. The album that I gave album of the year, um, nothing is the ideal that like that one is an album where every, every song is a different subgenre basically mm-hmm. where that's something that we, we don't ever get with the sword mm-hmm. or, you could tell you could listen to that album you could tell it's a later album because it's like oh why would they be doing something different with every song um it's because it feels like it feels like an experimentation kind of thing um we get some of that later on with this band but not as like obvious wouldn't it be funny if guys from the sword just like slowly joined all them witches it would be just a <laughs> giant massive and they start playing the same fucking songs over and over again <laughs> Uh, was it lament for the aurochs is it the pretty much the it's the beefy song it's like eight minutes um that one uh that's funny that you said that because uh i was i was like yeah you need some beef after all that speed oh yeah <laughs> absolutely but it has like these short moments with the clean guitars that really build up some of the sections uh it's, i think it's a well-paced song it's a good ass song and yeah, there's really no dips here. It's just like the one mode, but it's also not very... Not an a, ounce of fat on this album. Yeah, it's all. It, it doesn't get boring. It's fucking solid. It is what it is, though. I mean, if you don't like what that is, then you're good without it. But yeah, if you dig it, man, this is, this is fucking rad. Yeah, this is... If you like Stoner, Sludge, Doom, this is like one of the like best debut albums I, maybe ever maybe i shouldn't say that but i wouldn't say ever but i would say it's a it's a formidable entry it's a it, good ass debut there. it is up there this was released on kamado records which is a very tiny tiny uh label i think mm-hmm. in new york um and the artwork was done by conrad keely of uh trail of dead i never even knew that till i read tom's notes that's crazy that's fucking crazy that is rad i think it's his only 
Yeah, it's it may, not his only credit, but it's only non-trailer dead credit. Yeah, and uh, and it's beautiful artwork. He, oh, it's great. But, yeah, so a lot, most of these covers are really good. This is, I mean, I have, I have three favorites. This is one of the three favorites. Yeah, uh, the logo was done by Brian White, who did a, uh, I think, a bunch of municipal waste albums, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And it was mastered by Rick Essig, who apparently did uh, Bonnie Raitt, Cool in the Gang, The Rolling Stones, Butthole Surfers, Unsane, Tori Amos, and the Melvins. <laughs> So this was, yeah, this was the correct man. If you want <laughs> funk or noise, rock or soft, he does everything what re- the really well. Apparently. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> that's some, that's, I don't know, that's wild. That's wild. <laughs> it's funny how like Bonnie Raitt, Rolling Stones, Cool and Gang, and Tori Amos probably paid well. Yeah. But they seem like the outliers amongst the butthole surfers unsane at the oh, Melvins. Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> butthole surfers weren't paying them shit. Unsane weren't paying them shit. Oh, my God. Uh, but Alex's best and personal favorite, my personal favorite, a fucking hell of, an a, of a debut, uh, Stoner Rock at its finest. Yes. Or Doom Metal at its finest. Whatever you want to call Whatever. it. Whatever. Yeah. As desert rock. Desert rock. Could still use that term. Uh, but we have more to cover. Yes, so we do. here's the follow-up. This is 2008's Gods of the Earth. Not enough bands doing uh midi- medieval riffs. Yeah, it's oh. pretty specific. You know what pisses me off is that uh they do the medieval riffs. They have a song about Game of Thrones on here before the fucking TV show. <laughs> All the books? Or the books, the song of Fire and Ice, if you want to oh. be a fucking nerd about it. And they put fucking Coldplay in Game of Thrones, but they didn't put the fucking sword. It's too heavy, dude. Too I, heavy biscuits. Here's the thing. Mastodon was in Game of Thrones. No excuse. No excuse. No excuse. No excuse. This song is, this whole song is basically an intro. Somehow feels heavier than the last album. Yeah. I'm sure it's about the same, but. More or less. I mean, this is one of, this is a significantly e- more evil, angry riff than a lot of the stuff on the, the I think first that's album. what drives it a little. Bit yeah. More. Yeah, those drums are wild, man. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Stop, son. I'm It's so metal. It's so metal. Yeah, I fucking rules. We're not going to get any vocals because it's literally the whole song is instrumental. Yeah, uh, and like... I feel insane. We listen to two. Usually we cut off like a minute, minute 30 into the song. We're like, okay, but these songs are listening to like two minutes because this feels so good. Yeah, they feel great. Uh, this one I felt was a step down from the debut. I, I went back and forth. I think I like the one, two punch of the debut 
in this one. I like it more the more I hear it. On second listen, I, was, I liked it way, way more. Again, it was, it's the thing of like, don't listen to it trying to take notes on it. It's not yes. as good when you do that that way. But the biggest culprit easily, easily is a production. Yeah. Uh, it has like a really garagey feel. Yeah, where we just like put over how good the production was on the first one. And this one sounds a little more empty where yeah. like letting things ring and, and it is very important to the sound of the band. And it, it sounds a little, little quieter. It sounds like cheaper too. Mm -hmm. Like the bass is really buried. And I mean, for a band that's this heavy, you yeah, want to, you need fuzz. You want to feel that fucking bass dude. Uh, and then the drums, uh, they do sound the worst. They're not, mm -hmm. they don't sound the worst out of every album they've done, but they sound the, the second worst. It's what? really, really, oh, I don't know. just like tinny. What's just crazy because like, I think his playing on here is better than the last stuff. Mm. Well, he, ne he never was bad. Oh, no, for no, no, but I'm just saying like, what a shame that, you know? Yeah. And a lot of the songs are, are just flawed because of just the, the lack of oomph and the, the crunch mm -hmm. that we have from the, the last one. Uh, but overall, it's still a great album. I, there are moments I don't care for so much on here. What don't you care for? Well, uh, I think Lords. I'm not. I mean, it's not I, even that bad. It's fine. I love that riff. It's I, a. I think it's a fine song, and I think it would be better isolated. But at the point, at the mm -hmm. point in that album or in this album, it's like, all right, it's just another of Sword the song. Yeah, uh, the one I actually think is the most average thing on here is Maiden, Mother, and Crone. You know, oh man, I always, I always like that song. Um, and it's I, <laughs> yeah, I, like he's gonna punch me in the face right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I always like that song. Uh, you know, I have a, a tattoo on my back that's like uh, not inspired by the song because I had it before I heard the song. But I guess I've also this always been fascinated with the you know these Trinity type oh, images. Okay. okay. Where you, and in this case, it's the maiden, the mother of the crow, and mm. we'll revisit that on the next album too. And um, uh, so, yeah, I, th I on this album, I just get lo I like getting lost in the uh, the medieval fantasy world. There is a lot of a lot of that. Um, although in Maiden Mother and Crow, I do uh, really like the section. They there's a section that they return to in the in the outro, but it's in the middle of the song as well. Mm -hmm. Good, good moments. Uh, but um, to go back to the medieval stuff, uh, the intro to take to take the black. Yes. And I'm assuming that was the one on Guitar Hero. Uh, no, it wasn't. wasn't. It was Freya and then the black. The black river. river. That's yeah. right. Um, that one, man, like that really sounds like demo quality, that intro, mm. which is a bummer. But like, I would say. Almost out of the entire discovery, that song ended up sticking in my head the most. Interesting. Specifically because of that section at 315, where it's just, it reminds me of the, the bootlicker from the Melvins, where it's just a super heavy song played with acoustic guitars. It's not like an acoustic section. It is a heavy, brutal, doom metal band playing with acoustic guitars. Let's get into it. Let's get into that. <laughs> It just happens to be using acoustic. Yeah, just pick up like uh, a thing of mead, a side of mead. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean that riff has been stuck in my head for like three days. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah, I think ultimately, though, and even though I enjoy this, um, it doesn't it doesn't have songs that stick with me the way songs on the previous album do. Mm-hmm. Like, there's still there's still riffs galore. There's still heaviness, but like, I think there's like some like catchy things on the first album. Yeah, too, that just outside of how heavy this acts, it's not. I don't think this is like designed to have things that get stuck in your head. And even though you said that, that was mostly because of like this, the, just the shift into the sure audacity. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the writing has taken a hit. It's not like bad. It's just, yeah, it's just less memorable overall. It's a very overall downgrade. It very mm-hmm. like us on the whole thing. You can't point to like, well, this song is bad and drags the whole thing down. It's not like that. But one thing that is consistent with the whole thing, I think this is the worst vocal album. Okay. Um, not just in production, which it also is, but he's this one above all the other ones. I couldn't, I couldn't, I tried to ignore, but I couldn't. I mean, he's singing in the same handful of, of, of notes, the entire album, mm-hmm. and it's the same key, the same exact. So his voice sounds exactly the same on every song. And even if it's fine for the first couple and it doesn't sound bad, like eventually it's like, why are there vocals at all? Like if it sounds exactly the same. Yeah, it is easy to this kind of like get in the opposite way where I like to get lost, but like get lost in a bad way where you're like, oh yeah, I'm I'm here. I forgot this was all. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a fair, fair criticism. Yeah. Although it is better on multiple listens and when you're driving <laughs> or, or doing something that involves, I mean, if you're working out. I'm probably yes. stoned. <laughs> Yeah, I think I listened to some of the stoned. I don't remember yeah. which album is though because I was stoned. Yeah, <laughs> but I think I think it worked. I think it worked. Is that's hence the name of the genre. Oh yeah, but time to move on to the final album with fucking v- Vivit. What's his fucking name? Trivet. Trivet. It's almost worse than the. the I want to call him Trivet Windigo and assume he's some sort of uh, yeah, yeah. mythical beast type yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, boy, before we move on, I almost forgot. Uh, yeah, this was 102 in the Billboard 200. Not bad for a band like this. Exactly. Uh, it was partially engineered and produced uh, and mixed by the band. Uh, bassist Richie mm-hmm. did the mixing who is now who I'm blaming for it sounding not so great. Was the other guy too busy? Was he not available? Cause maybe the, yeah, I don't know what, what happened. Um, is this a different label? I forget, but yeah. And then it was, and then, um, then JD did some of the other production. So it was basically produced by, by Richie and, and JD. And I don't, I think it's the last time that we get an album produced by they, them. They learned their lesson. I think, or I mean, they just need more practice. Cause if, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's mostly the drums and ba- and it's funny cause the bass sounds the most buried and he was the one doing the he, mixing. He butchered himself. I feel like that happens sometimes where you don't want to feel like you're throwing your dick oh, over it's, everything. It's like an overcompensation. Exactly. That's yeah. what happened. Um, with Fugazi, check out that episode from a million years ago, where Steady Died and Nothing, the first mix of that, the band did it as a like did it as a as a group, as like a team, and it was so democratic that everyone didn't want to step on each other's toes and so ended up sounding really shitty because no one was <laughs> taking charge and like doing what was best for the the album. Yeah, that kind that kind of stuff does happen. You have to kind of take chances and and you know lay down a law every once in a while, but. 
Uh, this was mastered by JJ Golden, uh, who also did Nebula, Trailer Dead, Calexico, Silkworm, and Oxbow. It's a nice uh, eclectic group of bands there. Now it's the last album with fucking Trivet, Windigo, uh, or whatever it was that you, that we think his name is. <laughs> That's not nice, but it's uh, a cool fucking name. I don't care if it I is miss- a very cool name. Even if we mispronounce it, it's a cool name. Repeatedly mispronounce it. Yeah. So yeah, this is like their only. This next one is their only concept album, mm-hmm. which is a uh, very kind of crazy because the other two do feel. Like yeah, with, with all like the, the the Scandinavian stuff, and the, the themes, the medieval, yeah. fantastical stuff, yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, this came out 2010. This is Warp Riders. I when this came out, I was kind of disappointed by this album. Oh, because we're hearing uh, quite the intro, yes, epic, cinematic, yes. But it does also kind of feel like an outlier a little bit. Uh, yeah, for sure. Also, you know, however old I was in 2010, The Sword doing a sci-fi album produced by Matt Bayless, I was like, this is going to be record of the year. Yeah. Just for the credits alone. Yeah. And this album has a lot of credits on it. It's like, we'll get into it, but. Once uh, time kicked in and I let the hype die down, I do like this album. It's just not what. It's a different band. Well, it's, it's the same band, but it's a different, it's a shift. Yes. And I think for me, it's not enough of a shift that I want. Fair enough. I mean, production is back. I mean, Matt Bayless is... He does heavy very well. One of my... Yeah, one of my favorite producers. So this whole song, yet another instrumental. We're never going to get to vocals on this band. No, no, no. They have a lot of instrumental songs, but... It's a... It's a... I don't want to say bold, but kind of bold. Where it's a full big song, and it's just instrumental. It's it's like a a red from King Crimson thing opening yes. the album with a long instrumental. That right symbol sounds good again. Yes, it does. Those quick little... Oh, yeah. All right. So it's metal, in case you couldn't tell. Yeah. Uh, This one let me down when I first heard it, for sure. Yeah. uh, But, you know, I like it now. It's just not... I expected these big, like, sci-fi themes. It has that synth. I mean, the cover... Of the album alone. Yeah. Like, like oh, it's an such old, a great cover. Old sci-fi. I have like the poster. Of, like I pre-ordered like the deluxe edition of this album. Yeah. I was so fucking excited for it. Um, but I. And so to my surprise, what you get is a more seasy <laughs> topic. Yep. Oh, yeah. This is hard rock, dude. <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> like, it's fine. I just feel like I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. The the follow up track, uh, Tres Brujas. There we go. Made Mother of the Crow again. Man, that that one, 
that was where I was like, oh, whoa. I mean, it's fine. It's cool. It's, I mean, it's a lot better on second listen, but on first listen, I was like, oh, man, I don't really care for this so much. It's just, yeah. you know, it's just it was, hard rock. It's easy top. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I didn't really like the vocals. They sound better produced for sure, but he's not doing anything interesting. By the end of the album, I, I, I kind of turned around in the vocals. Um, I like them uh, more now. But uh, all, overall, I again, I had to step away and listen to it in different context yes. to, to enjoy this one. Um, I like, tri- I mean, I do like a lot on here. I just, I do as well. I, I like almost like every song taper, uh, things. Um, but like arrows in the dark is cool. Cause you get some, I feel bad that my vocabulary for describing things is other bands, but like some Baroness inspired oh. guitars on there, which is nice. Um, decent track for sure. Lawless lands is like this cool blending of like ZZ top. Yes. Groovy stuff. It's almost has like a heart, the band heart kind of rhythm. Yeah. You get some like psychedelic stuff in there. So that's a, that's a neat little song. Insanely sleazy, but really tight and snappy. Uh, very Southern again, the ZZ mm-hmm. top stuff coming in, but it's very, I don't know. It's really big and triumphant as it, as it goes on. And then um this is still the sword so you still need a ripper in there and that's asteris dream oh, asteris dream yeah this oh yeah yeah love it Title. i mean again another instrumental like yeah. all the instrumental songs are like the thrashy heavier yes more metal stuff i think the title track's a little underwhelming i don't love it i think it's fine um i do like jd's vocals on that track mm-hmm. though the only song i actually don't like is night city i knew you were gonna fucking say fucking that. corny dude i <laughs> want to go to the night sky <laughs> I, that's they go like full thin lizzy there i'm for it oh i don't love it i don't love it at all yeah yeah i see it's a, i see the appeal of it though i'm not like flabbergasted this needed like a goofy album cover if it had like a goofy and the thing is that's the thing like i don't even understand the concept i mean there's Do- it's documented the concept mm-hmm. and the story is well documented on wikipedia by some if you, crazy if you want to get into that yes uh but it doesn't feel like musically like a concept album and especially doesn't fit like the, the sci-fi stuff of it. There's not like any sci-fi songs on here. No, if you, if, if it was like promoted as like a wacky, funny, like, like deep purple, like let's go space trucking. Like, yeah, that's, that's what you should have promoted yeah. it as. Even though I still love the concept and art of it, of it all. Uh, it does. It just doesn't feel very conceptual that's a weird our, convoluted our, sentence our friend jared he he loves the the, the album art for this it's like, great he doesn't listen to this band but like he just he always looks at the poster when he comes he's oh, like i that. love it so much it's great this my i i'm jumping back and forth between this cover or being my favorite and another one i don't know mm-hmm. but i really do love this one just because of the, the aesthetic and i think the artist what's his name um dan, dan mcfarlane um, he's done a bunch of art for a bunch of bands that I don't know. And the same with our, our history guy, Tom, he's not familiar, but they're all very fucking cool. They're all in this in similar styles, really retro and old and stuff. Uh, but back to the album. Uh, and then, yeah, I think it's so weird. Like the begin that first song we played and then tracks nine and 10 are these big epic. Those are the best tracks in the album for me. It was my two favorite yeah. songs. Uh, so we have like the two parted, uh, the Chronomancer songs. There's part one on side one, and then yeah, of course they two are, and two. They are the most evil sounding thing. Well, well, or Chronomancer two. Two, yeah, because yeah. one uh, starts out. I mean, as bar rock as you get. Yes, and it also it's also like the longest song on here, like seven and a half minutes. But 
Uh, it's fun. It, it's more fun than you would expect from a big epic song like that. Yes. And then two is where it's just fucking, it just rips. Yes. Uh, and it sounds especially hard following Night City. Like, mm-hmm. Insane. Oh, yeah. I See, that's why, that's kind of why I'm a fan of a song like a Night City because I love the the contrasts where like the previous album, I think we were like flooded out with too much heaviness. Yeah. Yeah. There was no where, like you can do a fun song like Night City, and then you hit them. I'm I'm all for throwing in a novelty yeah, weird yeah. track. I just have them to not enjoy it. Not That's that all. particular yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, and then the closer, the the nights, the night the sky cried, tears of fire, is I think moodier than all the other ones. A little for bit darker. Sure, for sure. They start dabbling with darker riffs um, as the albums go on, but here it's kind of novel. So weird. Just like cut out the entire middle of the. <laughs> The album. Yeah, and it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Just get rid of the bulk. No, it's still it's still do, cool. But I do like the bulk. Oh. Uh, but the, the bookends are very cool. Yes. Uh, yeah, that closer is is fucking great. And of course, it has the outro that mirrors the intro with the big cinematic thing, which mm-hmm. is like the only thing that kind of feels sci-fi. Yeah. Because like maybe some of the lyrics. Are, of course, I'm sure the lyrics. Yeah. But even like Tris Brujas still feels like they're in the the like fantasy realm. Mm. Because you know, if you're if you don't speak Espanol, that would that would be the three witches. That would be three witches indeed. Uh, so of course, Matt Bailey's produced this, and he, he also did some synth and organ stuff on here. I'm assuming on the intro and outros. Um, and yeah, I mean, we talked about him in the past, of course, from producing Mastodon and then f- f- founding Ice. Minus the Bear, which. Uh, you know, I've had <laughs> maybe mixed things to say about that band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Isis, check out that episode. Yes, the Blood sir. Brothers, check out that episode. Soundgarden, check out that episode. Uh, and, and then Ken Mode and Deftones. I guess we're doing Ken Mode and Deftones. We have to just cover every Matt Bayless band except for Minus the Bear. Yes, <laughs> that would be kind of funny. Like, uh, uh, like putting Lars Ulrich on the guest list. It is the same thing. Yeah. Said, why Why not? Yeah. Uh, so this is, yeah, this is where, where uh, Wingo... Man, I, I should call him Trivet because talking to someone Wingo just sounds funny. Uh, this is where he leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is from him. He says, not to get too specific, but my level of anxiety pertaining to being on tour got to the point where medication was not the answer. Mm. You can crunch volumes all the time, but at a certain point, you have to ask yourself if you should be just staying at home. I didn't want to sedate myself and do something that I wasn't enjoying. I figured it was better for me to finally listen to my inner voice and strike out on my own. Damn, I I hate to hear it, but also good on him for for doing what's good for his mental health instead of becoming a uh, as some forty one would say a casualty of society. End up like a a guy from for the sound and just fucking jumping in front of a train kind of situation. <laughs> or or oh man, or like this being like. Did DR I we've done so many crazy did DRI yeah they did like a lot of crazy shit, right? Uh I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I think they're pretty guys have done too many episodes. What was what was that band we did where they recruited like a guitarist who was like really way too young to be in the band? That might have been DRI. <laughs> and he just got kind of burnt out 
on well no DRI was the one where they had the drummer who kept getting kept going to jail okay and they okay. couldn't they couldn't leave the state because he was on probation okay. so they had to just get a new drummer there we go it was probably D- I'm just gonna <laughs> fuck it whatever <laughs> uh, were they from Texas they were from Texas as well <laughs> there, we go, there we go there's a connection uh, yeah that's wild man he was just that anxious to fucking I man. As someone who feels like they get more anxiety the older they get, I I get it. That's fucking. That's I can't imagine being on tour and dealing with these things. Oh, Jesus. Let alone, you know, maybe, you know, maybe some of these tours, if you aren't opening for Metallica, aren't paying all the bills, too. Maybe. Yeah, you never know. A lot, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is just grinding and struggling yeah, yeah and living with a bunch of dudes or yeah or maybe you're burnt out but you got to do the metallica tour because you need to pay the bills like i'd hope that paid something i'm sure yeah. it did i'm sure yeah i'm sure it did uh but he's now gone now we have santiago uh jimmy vela the third quite a name on that guy well i guess jimmy is his nickname yeah um but if he was in the Mars Volta, they wouldn't let him be called Jimmy, and they would be like, "What's your mother's maiden name?" Pop that in front of the Vela. Now you're. Golden. I'm gonna need you to have three more names on top of your existing name. You're Hyphenate the, them all. Yes. Pop the maiden name back in there, Santiago something Vela the third. Now you can join. The there we Volta. go. Uh, he was previously of the band Recover, who's apparently a post-hardcore band that I've never heard of. Never heard of either. But he is here for until the end. Uh, they, they had like one guy in between touring. Yeah. What's his name? Let's just give him a quick little shout out. Quick that is, shout out for doing dirty work that some people don't want to do. Kevin Fender. Doesn't play guitar. What a what a shame. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, missed opportunity for his parents. <laughs> I don't and, know. And another way of, uh, you know, copying ZZ Top. The guy named Frank Beard doesn't have a beard. One of my one of my f- absolute favorite ironic things <laughs> in all of music. That's money. It's one of the greatest. It is because, really? because there are, how many other bands in the world are known for their beard? None. <laughs> yeah. None. Absolutely none. <laughs> so great. The one guy with beard. <laughs> and why would his name is fucking Frank Beard? Is he gonna grow one? No, he's not even gonna grow. Good. He'll, he'll do a mustache. Yes. Not, not Good. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this is this is yet another album. Okay, we're we're moving on. This is 2012's Apocryphon. Also, this is the best album art, I think. Yeah, I mean, I still like uh, fucking uh, Warp Riders more. Yeah, like that more. I like it a lot, but this one is. You can't argue with this album cover. This album cover is uh, getting a little head. I feel like wasted. Oh, oh, we gonna talk. We gonna talk. And I do really like this song. Also, the best production yet. Very chunky. I guess Razor and Tie is a an upgrade. In a, in They're on uh, Razor and Tie now. NYC label. Vocals. So savvy, those vocals. I really like these riffs. There's, it's, it's, 
That's so thin, Lizzie. That little. Yeah. But it's like. It's still hard rock, but there is a little bit more depth to it. They're trying, there's more personality in these riffs. I I like this song. I think it's a solid addition to their career. Um, but I think I wanted them to kind of move forward. It's not a huge, yeah. And this is not that. This is basically the same style. In some way, they're reverting. I don't think they're reverting. Okay. I don't think they're reverting. Okay, we're gonna get into it. I do like that that choice there to go to that last note there. That's a smart choice. So that's that song. That's a very cool song. Best, and I know wow. we have to fight now. I think this is their best album. I I actually quite like this album a lot. Was it worst? You're out of your fucking mind. Worst suddenly. You're out of your fucking mind. This is such a good album. You're crazy. You're crazy, dude. What what's happening here? I feel like they're the spinning the wheels a little bit on this album. It is. So you 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 see it as spinning wheels. I see it as fine tuning what they started on the last mm. album. It's so interesting how the guy who started off the podcast with I thought. This was actually going to break you because this more the same. Yes. It felt just more cohesive, more yeah. fully formed, more confident. I think this is their most confident album, period. Uh, okay. It feels shit. like it feels like we're doing this thing. We're going in to do this thing. And, and they he, fucking did it. And here I am, the the fan going into it. I, the, <laughs> I mean, that's just what I took out of it from a, from just a couple of listens. But uh, this, I immediately liked it, which is like not, I, I couldn't say the same thing about about almost any other album. Yeah, um, this is like my most neglected album by them. Like I've heard it a handful of times, mm-hmm. and then while while doing it for the podcast, I was like, uh, "Yeah, I think yeah, I know why." Oh man, there's some stuff that I, that I do get being mm-hmm. like, "All right, it's more rehashing and it's not very mm-hmm. interesting." Like Cloak Feathers, I think it's fine. It still feels good, but it's like it's more the same. And there's let really me, nothing new they've done on there. Let me say. Yeah, that song is repetitive, but that is impressive drumming. Like this Santiago fellow. Oh, he's great. He's great. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, and the other song that I definitely don't care for, uh, and it feels like a huge step backwards, uh, is Hawks and Serpents. Yes. Um, yeah, that's the, uh, yeah. That song, especially after Seven Sisters, is just like those two songs. I'm just like I'm I'm tired I'm tired boss. Oh, I love Seven Sisters. I think yeah. it's great. And that's also also has the first actual clean sections on the album. You, you, I will say this isn't a bad album. I'm just like guys, I need I need something. They are definitely not uh what is it? They don't take leaps. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. And I should know better. They crawl. These yes. motherfuckers crawl. Um, let me say that opening song I like a lot. And then the other song I like, like my two takeaways from this, like the positive things, Dying Earth is just. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Rules so hard. I felt kind of a little like underwhelmed a little bit. And then the drumming was so good. I stayed engaged. And yeah, it's one of my favorites. Love it. I think it's great. It's very bouncy. Very cool. Uh, And some of the. Some really good harmonies. I didn't really think of Thin Lizzy, but now that mm-hmm. I go back to it, I can see very obviously inspired by them. Mm-hmm. One of the most melodic songs ever. Mm-hmm. They get melodic more with the later albums, but um, up to this point, it's kind of unheard of. Yeah. And yeah, if you want to go like melodic and 
uh, you know, a little mellow. The Hidden Masters is kind of feels since this is this how much bands like this love Black Sabbath. Yeah, that this song isn't enough for me to say it's like Black Sabbath. That I have to cite a specific Sabbath song where I was thinking about NIB. Oh man, yeah, that <laughs> I. I, I so Hidden Masters turned me off at first. Yeah. I was like, this is just, there's so much Sabbathness to it. And it's, it, but like, it didn't hurt the momentum of the album for me. So I was like, it's mm -hmm. not, I won't count it as a fucking knock. It's, I don't like it, but it doesn't like slow things down. Second listen, I like it more. I don't mind it at all, mm -hmm. but I do acknowledge that it's not the most inventive thing in the world. No, I'm not even like, I'm not even saying it's a ripoff. It just made me think. It just it. feel, yeah. I mean, but. Anything really this bad just feels like Sabbath. Sure. Most of the time. This is this is the genre I've decided. Yeah, and that's what that's what it is. It's just yeah. what they all do pretty much. But uh and then yeah, I think the title track is overwhelm or underwhelming for me. And really? Oh fucking it's my it's my favorite song on the album. I think it's a fantastic closer. I'm like, these synths are too little too late for me. They are they it does feel like a missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's like the only synth on the entire album and it's just the, the intro to the last song. I feel like they've been flirting with synths for like the previous album. They flirt with synths the entire discography basically. And I'm like just fucking own it. Just just do it. Lean in. They, yeah. they eventually <laughs> lean in more but actually they do. Yes. It still doesn't feel like enough. It's no. oddly. But the the final two tracks I think are, are really good. I mean, Eyes of the Storm, which isn't again not reinventing anything, but it feels great. I like it a lot. That's, but the, the title track, I feel, to that for me, that song is fully realized stoner rock with a lot of emotion to it. It just feels I, totally and you know, together. And you know, maybe I'll come around and change my mind a year from now because like this is a band I like, and I don't think this sounds bad. I'm just, I'm just tired of this. Point. <laughs> Tired of the one mode, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's fine. I totally get it. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a couple things that I took away, uh, like the solos on Execrator. I wasn't expecting, and I don't think they they do it again. The solos are insanely noisy, super chaotic. They're mm. basically just like nonsense notes with a ton of distortion over it. It's all noise, which usually the solos here are very thought out. Yes. Rock and roll solos. No, they don't really. This is a loud band. They're not a noisy band. Yeah. So it was, and again, even, even those solos are subtle. They're like mm -hmm. in, they're buried in the mix a little bit, but it's like, wow, that's really crazy. They went wild there. They're not really harping on it too much, but it's there. Uh, I, I, it felt, it just felt super consistent. The momentum was all always at the fucking top for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it just feels, yeah, like I said, fully formed. It, it's like the, it's again, it's the same style as the last one, but it's more thoughtful and engaging. Uh, and it just, it felt like all the, all the, the beats just hit for me. I don't love it, but it's a band I love. So, uh, like, yeah, what, yeah, I'm stoked. It's your best. There, there's something, even with a band as pretty straightforward as this, there are still avenues of deviation and disagreements, and mm -hmm. you can find something here where someone else didn't. That's 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 good to know. Yes. That is very good to know. Also, like if I was just talking to someone about the sword instead of doing a podcast, I wouldn't be like, oh, that dog shit. I would like yeah. in a normal conversation, I would just like listen to you and be like, well, I don't love it. And yeah. Maybe I'll give it a listen. But, yeah. But we're like, hey, we should give out accolades. Yeah. This one sucks. And yes. there it is. There it is. Uh, so at this point, the band uh, moved to, like we said, the, the intro, Razor and Tie. 
uh, from NYC, which which started out as a seventies preservation society in the nineties, releasing seventies themed compilations and albums by David. Johansson of New York Dolls. Check out that episode if Feel, you don't like them the way we don't. Feel in hot, hot, hot. I can't believe that's the same. Hot, hot, hot. I can't believe that's the same fucking... <laughs> it's the same guy. Same guy. Absolutely insane. Uh, the Partridge Family and, and Jim Croce. Check out that episode too. Hell yeah. Don't mess with Jim. Fucking love Jim Croce. Um, uh, Tom also adds, he says, you might suppose their approach had changed by 2012 though in the same year as releasing this album. Mm-hmm. Because they also unleashed Kids Bop Ultimate Hits, Kids Bop Kids, Kids Bop Christmas, and the legendary banger Kids Bop Kids, Kids Bop Twenty Three. That is the craziest <laughs> album title <laughs> in the history of albums. It's called It's called Kids, Kids Bop Kids Dash Kids Bop. And if you want, this is a seven layer bur- burrito. <laughs> The first kids is with a Z. The second kids is and with an S. And the, the third, third, the third Z. Is, the third one is with a Z again. Holy I, shit. I can't... Man, it must have made them some money. I, I'm not angry. Whatever you got to do to keep the lights on and keep bands like the sword paid. I can't believe those were all released the same year as this on the same label. You know, I'm. That's not. <laughs> also, this. <laughs> there's so many, so many things. Uh, kids bop ultimate hits. <laughs> kids bop kids dash kids bop Christmas. Sorry, that's the second most yeah. insane one. Yeah, I was too busy. <laughs> I, why? Why do these album titles need to be? So- I fucking don't know. <laughs> Can you just not be like Kids Bop Christmas exclamation mark? Nope. Or kids Bop Twenty Three. Why? Should- <laughs> oh, do you think? <laughs> do you think? Do you think it's credited like the artist? The artist is Kids Bop Kids, but the album is Kids Bop Twenty Three. Absolutely. <laughs> Also, why is the artist Kids Bop Kids? We know it's their kids. It's Kids Bop. I was like, oh, God. Uh, this is the best part of the episode. <laughs> I'm trying to decipher Kids Bop. I'm sorry, the sword. Dude. But there's what else are we going to talk about Kids Bop? At least the album sounds good, though. It's clearly a lot of money behind it. Yes. Strong production. Man, I wasn't expecting a breakdown. <laughs> Also, this reached number 17 in the top there, 200. That, is that their highest I think it's the album? hardest. Uh, hardest, highest, highest yeah. yeah. So, like, it was so crazy because I think I kind of, like, stopped listening to them as much around this time. But mm-hmm. clearly, I was in the wrong. It, the, did some, oh, that doesn't necessarily mean wrong. just means it, it yeah, happened yeah. to land. Yeah. So, obviously, they had more fans than ever. Also, I've only seen this band twice. Oh, wow. Fucking shame. That's shocker. Uh, this was co-produced by Jay Robbins, who also did Shiner. Check out that episode. Uh, Clutch and Blue Tip. I don't know Blue Tip, but I, I love Clutch. I'm like, that guy's vocals are the best, and I was kind of upset he didn't weigh 300 pounds. 
Oh, wait, did you have, did you have the, the, the that kind of guttural neck vocals? Oh, bang, 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 bang. There we go. Vominos, vominos. Oh, yeah. That, I get satisfaction. The John Goodman voice. Where Everywhere you just, I go. You feel the weight, even if he lost the weight. Yeah, I don't, still feel I the don't weight. think he was ever chunky, but uh, I want, yeah, like when I heard his vocals, I, I was like, I want him to look like Pig Destroyer. Oh, I bet he doesn't. <laughs> No, he doesn't, and that probably wouldn't be healthy. But no, no, it'll, no, you'll die very. Young. But yeah, he sounds like if John Goodman did like bluesy hard rocks. Oh, interesting, interesting. Uh, we've gotten plenty of requests to do Clutch for sure. Clutch has look. I love Clutch, but they have a million albums. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they came out with an album last year. I, I actually did. I heard that one. I didn't. I did, didn't love it. I love Clutch. But I don't know if they could ever make my year end. I will listen to that album and buy that album. But realistically, it is, it's it's another. Was it like another the sword where it's just they, of, they have their thing? They are like the sword. Look at that! That's yeah, fucking fitting. Uh, but we have more. We have more. We have more. My best uh, and Alex's worst and least favorite yes. because that happens sometimes. Uh, we can't always agree, but we did have a good run of few months ago where i felt like we were every single episode it was like six in a row where we just kept having the same picks crazy unheard of that's probably never gonna happen again uh but this is 2015's high country i love this opening track oh so unexpected what the fuck I know you don't like him, but it does sound like something like Jack White would do. It does. It does. I don't dislike him. I just think he's overrated. Sure. Okay. Like, the synth elements are there. Yeah. Are we listening to, like, a Beastie Boys song? Yeah. It does feel like Beastie Boys. Holy shit. It has the hand claps? Yeah. What the fuck is this? This is kind of misleading, though, but I still get it. It's extremely misleading, which is my problem with the band in general. Like, they'll set you up, and then we get... Well, that was the whole song, but then we get this. You know what? This is a very pretty album cover. It's very pretty, yeah. It's still the sword. It's still the sword. I love this riff though. More, it's a, it's a good riff. I, I don't know. This kind of feels like there's an energy on this album that I wasn't getting on the last one, but you got. Well, let's oh, let's play some vocals and come in for a second. It's kind of like singing lower now. It is kind of like mellow sword, which is this is the album they did the acoustic one, which makes sense. Does his vo- his vocals actually kind of sound the dude from all the witches now? Yes, that's why it's like it's funny if they just form a super group. With yeah. all his cadence is also very Phil Phil Lynott from from uh, Thin, from Thin Lizzy, and. Uh, the entire thing is very 70s, even yes. 60s in some places. Worst least favorite. This one. Oh, shit. I, there's a sort of like weird, not like, not like a, a Captain Beefheart weird, but like just these kind of like little pepperings of, this, of, of it, different things throughout this album that I appreciate. This is the first album where they start actually experimenting and doing stuff that we've never heard from them. And 
that gives me like the 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 idea like oh wow they're 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 experimenting but and then in other instances it's such an insane regression and mm-hmm. it feels so derivative and boring like the title track is one i come on it's not bad but we've heard it a million times see on that one i was like why didn't you use since like that on Warp Rider? Ah, uh, yeah. Or the previous one. So I think that's why I, it's weird. It's like, oh shit, we should have done this on the last two albums. Here's. Well, they do have a lot of interesting yeah. and, and pretty cool synth stuff on mo- a lot of the album. It's more uh, integrated. It still doesn't feel like a, f- a full member of the team, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's around a lot more. But I, even with the addition, it can't save some, in my opinion, train wrecks like seriously go. mysterious. I mean, come on. Come on, man. That's so cheesy. Again, you know, if if I was ready to go to Night City, you better believe I'm seriously <laughs> mysterious. God damn it. That sounds like a fucking Beck song. Uh, As I think that's just in my character. If you've been listening to a long time, if a band does like wacky stuff, I'm just going to be on board. I appreciate it. It doesn't mean I like listening to it. Sure. One that, so that one was like, Oh boy, that's pretty cheesy. And then one that were, it was kind of like dawning on me that I was going to get this worse is early snow, which I think just stinks. Mm -mm -mm. I mean, it, I'll give you, it has the novelty of horns, which that works for me. Holy shit! That was this, that that turned it around for you. It was that turned not a, it around. For it me. couldn't pull it out of the gutter for me. I'm like, this is not, oh, there's horns. There are horns. It is mm, very unusual. Mm, I love it. Let me tell you, I'm not going to do it anymore. To the point where I was questioning if I should play that as the closing song. Really? Just because it's so insane. It is insane. I think it's awful. I won't put you through that now. <laughs> it's kind. But, uh, so I'm glad you you said that. Oh shit. Yeah, what about uh, what about something like Silver Petals? I, which I think is a great example of highlighting like how talented uh, the guitar playing is in this mm-hmm. band because on that song you just can't highlight the guitar playing with the heavy, and it's just like oh shit, they can do these like different riffs that don't sound like the sword it doesn't sound like a sword my only problem with it is that the first minute it sounds a lot like blackbird from the beatles it has the exact same it does sound like rhythm it doesn't it's a different notes but it's the same exact plucking um which is it's hard to say it's like yeah it it's a different song but beatles just kind of stole and i, I don't mean like took it mm-hmm. stole from someone else they just hijacked that plucking Sure. Rhythm. When you hear it, it's it's always synonymous with like put it on. Like you're you're gonna hear Blackbird, even though it's completely different notes. You just you just hear Blackbird. It's not exactly you know, but it, you, it feels like it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still it's its own thing, and and plenty of other folk songs have used that that plucking style. on millions of folk songs, but it always just reminds you of that. However. After a minute, when the rest of the song comes in, fucking rules. It's very could, different. Could I sell you on a turn to dust? Turn to dust. Uh, because I will say this band doesn't really do haunting stuff at all, really. And I just, I wish they, like we said on a million other things, I want 
not just multiple like i want a whole album kind of fueled by turn to dust was one where it's like the riffs are are the sword you know it's the Mm -hmm. sword but the production changes what it is entirely yeah it's a whole different production it's like a colder more distant darker production i want want that album i want it too yeah it's it's really good it's where that's like the kind of progression i was hoping there would be more of where it's like you know it's the band but it feels different yes and unfortunately we just get the one song but it's still a good song this is yeah this album is kind of like throw throwing a lot of shit at the wall and for some people it doesn't stick but for me i'm i think like a cohesive like vision would have been cool but there's so much like wacky different stuff on here i like it there's a lot of just ideas just tried here Mm -hmm. here uh and some of them i think land so much that it really bothers me that there isn't more of it like agartha which fucking rules that is like they have a lot of instrumentals and that is absolutely one of their best yes it's so dark it's so evil it's so synthy this almost this album's almost a battle of of light and dark yeah some ways yeah a battle of shitty and amazing (laughs) that's why it's like i really i love so much of what they're trying here but the the stuff in between i can't stand Mm -hmm. and the biggest uh one of the biggest offenders that i hinted to way earlier this i think is their worst drum sounding album ever mm, they yeah. are so weak and tiny and small and there's uh the the songs that should be heavy and and crunchy like the title track especially because yeah we've we've been at the peak of the mountain we know how they can be we yeah. know that they are heavy and this isn't these songs aren't as heavy as the other stuff but they're still heavy songs mm-hmm. but they feel just diminished and neutered because of the drum sound which is uh, i think a, a shame but there are uh, another the last thing i'll mention uh mist and shadow another another one where uh i want more of that like the dynamics on that one with the way they bring everything down uh, and it, the fact yep. that it's more bluesy, it's like, I don't like bluesy stuff, but I like how they decide to implement it just out of nowhere. Yeah. That song is a perfect example of it's still the sword, but there's enough subtle changes where you're like, this is new and interesting yep. to my ears. That would have, if there were the whole album were like that, then uh, then I would would call this a a step forward. Technically, you could get like a few different albums out of this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, And it's also their longest album, Mm -hmm. and it does feel like it has the most fat on it. Mm -hmm. I... Well, yeah, I guess you don't like it, so you would say that. I I think that the next one has more fat ah, interesting we'll, we'll get to it we'll, we'll get to it uh this time uh this is uh produced by adrian quesada um apparently he uh he's a grammy winner uh i think his his previous uh group was a group of phantasma were grammy winners which they're more um i think this guy has more of a at least according to tom more of like a, a fucking soul pedigree um he's done brown out um, a coat, a coat is it a Cody soul sounds, a coat soul sounds, um, golden dawn, uh, orchestra, all things I don't know. Yes. So brownout is cool because they did like Latin funk, Black Sabbath songs. Oh. So that makes sense for him to work with the sword. Hundred yep. percent. And brownout, brownout is cool. Check out brownout. Interesting. Also, uh, I don't 
let me let me double. They also did a public enemy one too. Oh shit! Called Fear of a Brown Planet. Okay, <laughs> that's pretty on the nose. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So I haven't listened to the public enemy. I'm going to, but I've listened to the Sabbath ones. Good shit. Nice. Uh, this album artwork was done. This is this made me laugh. Uh, the art was done by Jitter Green, which if you go to his Discogs page, um, he has one credit, which is this album, mm-hmm. and the biggest bio. <laughs> Like the biggest, longest, most clearly written by himself. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cheddar, come on. Come on, dude. Sell yourself, but, you know, rein it in a little bit. Uh, I like the artwork on here, though. It is a cool album, uh, album cover. Uh, and this one made it to number 30 in the Billboard. Uh, still doing? T- still doing all right. Yeah. Um, it also did. It also made um, its way under the Australian German charts. And yeah, like you said, they released Low Country after this, I think the following year, mm-hmm. which was just... Um, it's okay. like ten of these tracks, Done but acoustically, but acoustic. Which um, they're okay. I've listened to it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I just think there's enough like acoustic stuff as is. Where yeah, it's more novel. The same way we'd look at any other kind of MTV unplug type thing. It's not live, but I mean, just that that kind of um um sentiment or mm-hmm. just uh, it might be neat to hear it like this instead obviously unicorn farm is just totally different yeah the, the, i remember uh some years back metallica did like a live acoustic album and i i, I didn't listen to the whole thing because i because i was so disappointed i was like disposable heroes fuck yeah, yeah. and i put it on and it's like Oh, it's just a blues riff, and it's not oh, even the same man. song. It's like they just made a whole new song and called this. I was like, all right, never mind. Fuck this. You know what I did in my last trip out to the desert? Because it's been a while. I listened to S&M. Really? And then I listened to S&M 2. How did that go? I haven't heard the second one. S&M 2 is... I'm like... I don't love those albums. And even though they're why I'm a Metallica fan, because MTV would show S&M yeah. a lot, and that's... Yeah. Um... But yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to compile like an S&M playlist of like the best stuff on the two albums. But overall, I think there's a lot of missed opportunities. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I've, I mean, I remember, when, I remember when the first one came out, I was like, oh my God, it's a new Metallica. Because I liked them before it came out. I was a tiny little child. Also, No Leaf Clover fucking rules. The, the song does rule. Fucking. It does rule. <laughs> how many fucking bullshit or sorry, not that the songs are bullshit, but they've like orchestral soundtracked all these like pop rock songs for trailers and not one fucking person has decided to put no leaf clover in a movie trailer. It's a fucking gimme. I did it really no one. All the hard work is done for you. You don't need to do shit. It's this there. Instead of doing fucking edgy covers of songs that are already good. Yeah. Uh, which I, <sighs> It was a trend. It was a heavy trend. It's probably it's still going. It still is. Fuck that. Fuck that shit. Oh, God. It drives me crazy. The only good one and best one, because they actually used it in the fucking movie, was um, in Jordan Peele's Us. I got five on it. Oh, really? I love the, the creepy Us version of I got five. And it wow. fucking works in the context. All right. Fair That's enough. That's the only one. But I digress. I open myself to being wrong. Um. But my worst and least favorite, uh, is there anything else that happened around this time period? I don't believe so. They, they also put out a live album called Greetings From, um, but obviously we don't do live albums. But 
Sometimes we do, but very, very, very rarely. Yeah, it's usually got to be a, a huge exception. Uh, yeah, it, it, fine album, but wonky, uneven, and with a lot of shit I don't like, a lot of shit I do like, but just uh, a bunch of ideas thrown at a dartboard, and I, I just it feels, and it's too much. It's just too much for me. It's a disjointed mess that I enjoy. Fair enough. Uh, but we are on to the last one. We're finally at the very end. And you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. This is 2018's Used Future. Now this is dramatic. Yes, it is. Pianos. I wasn't expecting fucking pianos. Yeah, this is cool. I love it. I want. I think it's great. Yeah. Of course, we're gonna be let down because they, they never lean into this stuff too much. Of course, it's gonna turn into the soul. Yeah, always does. Oh my god! <laughs> I was so pissed off when I heard this. Like, come on, it's just more fucking hard rock. <laughs> <laughs> song rules. <laughs> it's a good song. It is good. It's just not what it introduced in that prelude. <laughs> yeah, you think you're watching 2001: A Space Odyssey? He's crazy. I don't know what movie to compare this to, but Easy Rider, dude. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Still a good movie. Yeah, of course. You pretend to know. And his vocals are really similar to all the glitches. Way more toned down, way more in his like, chest uh, register. He's not pushing, he's not yelling too much. It's all very comfortable. We've heard the sword at this point. Uh, and I do like this album more than the last one, obviously, but it still has a little bit of that uh, not leaning into certain things the mm-hmm. way I think they really should have and falling back on some tropes too much. Uh, a lot of the same old shit. I mean, that song is fine, but it really is the same old shit. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, the biggest miss opportunity here is... Like, obviously, me and Mike can sit here and armchair quarterback it and say they should have done this, they should have done that. But we can't really do something that actually could happen. How is Nocturne not the opening fucking track? That song is one of their best songs. It's full Carpenter shit. It's so good. And yeah, sure, it's instrumental, but they've opened albums with instrumentals before. And, but it's a fully fleshed out piano since uh, insanely dark and dramatic, but beautifully written. And it's different. It's completely different, completely different. And it would have actually it would have been a nice follow up to, to Prelude. It would have at least thematically fit in with that. But you still would have been smacked in the face by whatever hard rock <laughs> song. Because there's plenty of those still on here. Like It's, it's still very disjointed and, and uneven because the sword is always the sword. Mm-hmm. But you get like Nocturne is just unlike anything. And mm-hmm. it's like this, more of this. And then you get stuff that makes me sad like uh, Intermezzo, which is a 
interlude, but it's super proggy and really fucking cool. And it's yeah. only a minute, and like 20 seconds, but that could have been fleshed out. That could have been a whole thing. The only thing that like bums me out a lot on here is the title track. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking stink city, dude. It's very meh. Yeah. Um, I will say, you know, we've been talking a lot about their instrumentals and Wild Sky. Oh, yes. In the top three for me, I think. 100%. That, that, so good. That is one of their best instrumentals because it doesn't... Well, a lot of their instrumentals are, are well done when, and like they kind of follow their own path. But that mm-hmm. one, uh, it's like a mini journey. There's no traditional structures whatsoever. It's not like... There's not a whole lot of returning to sections and riffs. It's very much like we're going on this path. We're going to this part and then we're going to this part. And it feels like a, a, a constructed instrumental. Uh, it has some really great rhythms, especially in that, that intro uh, where it's like, well, I've never heard them do that thing before. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fucking crazy. It's also very dark and spacey, uh, more so than we're used to from them. Great fucking song. Um, sea of Green is kind of a weird vibe. It's like, <sighs> oh, yeah, it is. I like it. I don't um, really because yeah. it's kind of like these fuzzy synths with like light sword riffs. Yeah. Very. Yeah. And then the only way I could like think to describe it is I'm like, it's kind of like a mellow epic song. Like it's bizarrely happy. Yeah. Like that intro is like poppy. I mean, I think it's their happiest song in their entire story, yeah. which is bizarre. Uh, I, I didn't find it to be all that interesting um, outside of that, though. <laughs> How'd you feel about um, Come and Gone? Come and, I dug it. All right. Yeah. Because, yeah, that that one does kind of kill me because I'm like, oh, there's some there's some interesting stuff here that I like. It's like psychedelic Southern. Yes. That's what it feels like, which is a uh, that is unique. I, I haven't heard too much of that. I feel like bands have attempted it, yeah. but it goes too heavy in one or the other direction without juggling it. And that song actually is like nails it. Perfect balance. That's that's the evolution I was hoping for for the whole album. Mm-hmm. Like, because clearly they like the synth stuff, they like the more dramatic and dark stuff, and they can do it well. But it's always just been completely dichotomized with the other stuff. It's always mm-hmm. just been this black and white. And that one, but you have a nice gray. Yes, uh, the 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 full plunge, the full. We're finally doing it. We're taking a huge risk and jumping off the cliff here with Brown Mountain, mm. the full plunge into country rock. Yes, and I think it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I mean they're from Texas. They've already been flirting with like ZZ Top s stuff. Yep. yep, just do it. And it's I think it's good. It's another instrumental. I'm like like many of them, but. Uh, I was like, this isn't terrible. And as it, as it went on, I was like, this is pretty good. And then second lesson, I was like, this is real good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's they nailed it. Um, it doesn't feel like um, like goofy or, or dorky at all. And it's a closer, which is also a, a bold move. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, there's the... the That's the, yeah, the, yeah. the outro, but... Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, this isn't the, the swan song this band deserves, though. And no. I feel old that I witnessed a band have a healthy career start to fin. Yeah, 19 years. Form and break up. Yep. Not under any like wacky circumstances. I feel old that I've got to witness this. Yeah, you saw the entire lifetime of a band. Um, And yeah, you know, maybe someday down the road, there'll be a sword reunion. Maybe. This one bummed me up because... Well, the last album did set up 
uh, where they could go next. Mm-hmm. This one was like, oh, there was a lot here. There's a whole, maybe, there's a bunch here. And maybe they just have to break up. Maybe they'll do like one of the few rare good reunion albums. Maybe years from now. It, it bothers me because the in the statement that JD put out, he's like. I think we've said all we need to say. I was like, what? No, what? Shut no, up. no, <laughs> really? We, we like, we, be- I believe in you guys the way Jarbo believes in the, <laughs> the swans. Yeah. Uh, like, like, I don't know you get, and that's the reason I like continue listen to them for so long it's like no i you guys still have like some untapped potential in there somewhere like there is i mean clearly you there's a lot god damn it just maybe maybe there's uh there's no more to say with the the sword with the sword the sword with all the fucking hard rock black Sabbath stuff but there's a whole bunch of shit in there with the rest of that they're fucking dabbling with yes yes going going dark or like going synthy or together or separate even country even country like or like yeah do a psychedelic southern rock thing like that would be rad yeah it's it's because they don't suck it's all and that can easily go wrong but they it's a proof of concept here i was gonna say yeah if you if they weren't talented musicians they wouldn't be able to pull half this shit off yeah again this isn't like a perfect album but the stuff that's like bold and a whole new step Mm -hmm. lands amazingly the the fucking intermezzo stuff the nocturne stuff the fucking brown brown mountain like that all all that lands all the bold choices on this album i Mm -hmm. think land so yeah uh i'm you know sag they didn't get their like they're just desserts but you know there's there's still time jd's a young man kyle's a young man i don't know how they're not young man but they still have life in them oh yeah Maybe they've started other bands and I haven't been paying attention. That's what I was thinking. And those bands will sound like what me and Mike are clamoring for here. I don't think they've reformed it or they formed anything after this. I think they'd be on the notes. Also, maybe, yeah, maybe they just deserve a break. Take a breather. Maybe a little breather. Because I think you guys, whether it's the sword or a different band, there's something in there. I think there's something in there. Yeah, yeah. I agree. We're we're rooting for you guys. I know. Regardless of what it is. Yeah. It's been, it's, we haven't, we've been pretty fair the yeah. entire internet. We're not like gushing about the band, but we're also giving them their, what they, I think, give them the credit they deserve. There's, there's more. There's more. Yeah. I mean, I've, it's crazy that, they're like almost 20 i've listened to this band for 20 that's crazy that is so crazy the, the bands that oh that man were, they feel new to me still the bands that were young when we discovered them will our always veterans. feel well yeah. they'll always feel young to us i think yeah. like that was our that was that band that was our band that was yeah. my band like uh but this was a uh, song was produced and recorded and mixed by tucker Ma- martin or martine i think it's martine I knew I don't know. Um, apparently, uh, according to Tom, he says this dude is big enough to have his own wiki page. Uh, he did the Decemberist, Mud Honey, Modest Mouse, John Zorn, and REM way after they were cool, apparently. <laughs> Which is all right, fair enough. They were never cool. So I, I, I don't think they were ever cool, but um, in regards to this album, Kyle, uh, he said. We, we've uh, been finally able to take a step back and let the producer that we selected stir the pot a little. It was certainly a different experience than any of the other albums that we've done. Uh, they recorded it quicker than all the other albums, like in, in, in half the time. Uh, and they just sort of like, maybe that's why, because like they really, 
let a lot of this was the producer, like maybe lean into that more, yeah. which I think is a good thing. Uh, Kyle also adds here, which is no surprise to anybody who's been listening. He says, I love Thin Lizzy and ZZ Top. <laughs> we all do. yeah. <laughs> but that's part of our DNA at this point. It's not like I wake up every morning and put on Bad Reputation again, although I do love that album and I will do that tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't listen to a lot of metal. In fact, I don't really derive a lot of inspiration from new music at all. Not that surprising. Not surprising at all, but also, Kyle, there's new bands that I think you would enjoy. Oh, definitely. A lot of that is like we're we're in a unique position where we have to listen to bands that we've never heard mm-hmm. all the fucking time. But I think and I've, I've certainly fallen to this, this like sandpit of uh, I'm sure they're fine. I really don't not that interested mm-hmm. like you know you will enjoy it but the effort of going out and listening to it and then and then there's also the chance that you won't like it mm-hmm. and then you lost that time and you waste that time and the older you get you don't the more you don't want to waste your time i totally get that but there was always more innovation there was yes. always more you have yes. to keep digging there's always more especially for creator mm-hmm. always keep digging trying to be inspired yes yes uh but that's just our two cents uh so on october 20th 2022 oh, jd like recently very recently a few months ago uh jd released a statement and uh this is a, a an excerpt from the statement he says hello friends i find it my duty to inform you that after much contemplation i have reached a difficult conclusion that it's time to bring the sword's long and stored career to a close when i started the band back in 2004 i could have only hoped for the success that we've enjoyed and i consider myself extremely lucky to have been able to do it for a living for almost two decades in that time everything i ever wanted to say and do with the sword creatively has been said and done and so the time has come for me to move on to other endeavors I hope those other endeavors rule. I do as well. God damn. And that ends our time with the sword. It was fun. It was nice. It was rocking. It was definitely rocking. Oh, it was rocking. Oh, that's all it did, dude. All it did was rock. The boys are fighting down at Delos Bar and Grill. Fuck yeah, dude. (laughs) Check out the Thin Lizzy episode. (laughs) Uh, Let's do a recap. (laughs) Uh, For me, best personal... Favorite where it all begins, Asia Winters. Uh, they maybe <laughs> rode that horse into the ground a little bit, <laughs> but on that album, it's the best. Uh, worst, least favorite, Apocryphon. Apocryphon. Just kind of too much for me, but it's really not even that bad. Mike enjoyed it a lot. Sure did. In fact, someone say it's my best album. <laughs> I do think Apocryphon is the best album. It's the, it's the most confident and fully formed. And it's it's not the same doom metal style as the earlier stuff, but I think it's a cool ass album nonetheless. Age of Winters is my personal favorite. Uh, for all the reasons Alex listed, it is a fu- it's fucking doom metal at its finest. And high country worst and least favorite because if it's it, it's fucking uneven goofiness and a lot of the the weak the weak tracks in between. There's a lot of weak. if you like un, uneven goofiness though, listen listen to that album. I suppose so, or, or listen to Use Future, which I think does everything about it better. Yeah, uh, but. We are done. Thank you so much for listening and watching and hanging out. If you want to hang out with us further, then subscribe and leave comments and whatever. Do all that shit. Uh, if you uh, want to play along, leave your picks for best and worst in the comments. Talk shit to us. If you think we're, we're jackasses, be, feel free to do that as well. And uh, 
yeah, follow me on all social media at Pander Monkey. You can follow Alex on Instagram at Every Album Alex. Hell yeah. Uh, you can follow, please be sure to follow our history guy, Tom Osmond. Uh, Tom Osmond Sounds com for all of his music stuff his like i said before at the, at the top uh his new record is coming out tomorrow or it's already out if you're listening to this later uh yeah um industrial state of mind so check that out links in the description most likely hopefully uh but tomosensounds.com um for everything else and then his, his substack tomosman.substack.com for all his writing about music he also does uh he does a lot of interviews um he's done he's done a lot of interviews for us he's done a lot of stuff involving music and writing it's very cool check that out uh patreon.com slash every album ever for our bread and butter bonus episodes some loose ends episodes that are going to be staying on there forever essentially uh you get to, uh, you get to see our schedule in advance you get to vote on polls to decide who we're covering next you get to join our discord be a part of our community and suggest our eae singles episodes and if you're tier two you can suggest a full ass discography for us to cover on our big numbered episodes so do that please and thank you uh my debut ep Panda Monkey, God, he's so many fucking plugs. Panda Monkey, you can find that in the fucking description. Check that out. Cool, rad. Now, closing track. What's we doing? You know, it'd be easy to go into the heyday of the sword, but let's show uh, use future a little love. Let's let's go into that wild sky. Oh yeah, hell yeah! So thanks so much for listening and watching. See ya.